Okay, all right. Hello, welcome in uh, to the now independent Sunday Mass. I'm uh, Arkan. Thank you for uh, thank you for clicking on this. A good reverend will never abandon his congregation, and uh, neither will I. So I thank you, the flock, for uh, for following me here to uh, this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, as many of you know, not my greatest week. Uh, it's been a tough week for me. A lot of you have checked in, asked how I'm doing, in the uh, well, the real answer is, you know, frankly, I've just been kind of pissed off. You know, that's really what it's about. I've been kind of angry. You know, I'm not, I'm not a, it's embarrassing to lose your job, you know, obviously, but this time around, I didn't really feel that as much. Um, I think that had to do with the timing of it all. Uh, we finished very well. We had a first place finish in the summer ratings book, which came out on Thursday. And then uh, both myself and uh, Mike Lockhart were laid off Friday. So it was mostly just, at first, it was just kind of shell shock. You know, to hit that high one day and then get that information the next day. You know, it was just, it was shocking. You're, you're sitting there going, wait, what? Huh? How? How? <laughs> how could that be? Um, but after that, after the shock sort of wears off, it was this real kind of bottom of the belly type of anger. You know what I mean? If you know me, I'm not angry all the time. I'm not one of those angry radio guys, you know, like... If I was, I probably wouldn't have lasted five years next to, uh, you know, the dark night over there. But that's not really me. Um, I'm not one of those bitches just always angry. And I wasn't that embarrassed, but I was about as angry as I've ever been. Um, and I'll say, though, that the uh, outpouring of support from you guys on Twitter and Instagram has really helped. Uh, it really has. I read every single one of those messages. I appreciate them all. Even the ones, <laughs> and these were, I got a few of these, even the ones that said, uh, hey, Arkan, how surprised could you really be by this? They tried to fire you two years ago. What'd you forget? <laughs> like, you know, and to those of you who pointed that out to me, might I just say, touche, uh, touche, you're right, you got me there. And your argument now, in retrospect, makes a lot of sense. I'm not going to lie. Like, this did literally just happen to me. Uh, but if I could say this, uh, that was 2020, right? Weren't the rules different in 2020? We all sort of agree, like, 2020, we all sort of understood that it wasn't the same, that things were different, that the rules had changed. Uh, losing your job during COVID in 2020 was very common, so when all that was going down, it seemed more like, I don't know, like a force majeure, you know what I mean, like an act of God, one of those things, whatever this, that seemed more like that than whatever this was, okay? I still am not totally sure what this was. But that, 2020 made sense. This, I mean, I sort of thought we were out of the woods by now, but here we are. Uh, if you listened last Friday, that was the first show, the first night show without me, then you heard Jones uh, say some very nice things about me. And I would like to take this opportunity to say some nice things about him because he I, he was great to work with all these years. Um I feel like him and I had a good rapport and a good thing going basically right away. And that I, I noticed that all the way back uh, when we had those first audition shows. This is about we were still in Brighton at the time. We hadn't even moved to Dorchester yet. Uh, they're now two studios removed from that. But this was back in Brighton, and Cattles had just left, and it was me and sort of, you know, uh, the rest of the guys there up for, uh, up for the show. And I remember thinking at the time, that I probably wasn't going to get it. That was sort of what I thought. I remember thinking that because I was new. I'd only been there since, you know, December. And I remember at that time in 2017, 2018, I guess it was, summer of 2018, thinking, man, you know, this would be great, but I'm probably I'm probably low on the list here because, you know, all these guys have worked with Jones probably longer than me. And then we did our first 
sort of audition show. They they had him sort of rotating around with all the people who were up for the job. And the first one that I had with him, I remember I thought it went really well. And I remember after the show thinking, oh, wow, that was pretty good. Maybe I maybe I do have a shot at this. And it was a testament to Jones, really, just because we clicked right away and he's there doing this with all these different people. And he still managed to, you know, put out these great numbers. And that's something that continued from before I was there and I'll probably continue after uh, after I leave. I'm not worried about Jones. I'm really not. You know, if Jeremy's listening, you probably uh, confirm this. But I think that first show that we had back in Brighton, I think that. We have a dong report drop from that show. I think the do- the drop of Jones and I singing Ja Rule and Ashanti, <laughs> it was mostly just him doing it, but I think that drop is from our first ever show that we did together. I think. Um, Jeremy can maybe confirm, but I remember in that first one, we sang some, it was DMA, Ja Rule, something like that. And I think that was from that. So I guess I just saying all this to point out that from the beginning, I think we, you know, we hit it off and had a good thing going pretty, pretty quickly. And uh, that's, again, I think, a testament to him. Um, Also, before I got there, just consider this. Jones had, including me, three co-hosts in less than two years, right? Because Keefe left. I don't know what year that was, but Keefe left maybe in 2015, 2016. Cattles is there for a year and a half. And then it was me. So Keefe, Cattles, and me, that's three co-hosts in less than two years. And I don't think the three of us are particularly similar either. I don't, you know, like Keith is great at his thing and he's got a great style and cattles obviously has gone on to work in the other markets and is, you know, fine. And I doing what I'm doing now. Look at me, <laughs> the three of them, <laughs> the one, I'm the one doing this right now, but still, uh, as far as Jones is concerned, which is what I'm talking about, uh, he was able to get a tremendous amount out of all three of us. And uh, he made us all better, I think. I think that uh, it certainly made me better. I can't speak for those guys. I think they were better from working with him, and I definitely think I am. Um, so uh, I wanted to say that about him. I'm not worried about him doing a solo show. He'll be fine. He's really, really good. Uh, and whoever, you know, I don't know if they're ever going to put him with somebody again or what's going to happen there. But uh, I know that he can work with anybody and even just by himself. He's a tremendous talent in the market. And will uh, continue to be. Another very nice thing that Jones said about me uh, last week was that, you know, the summer ratings was all me. And uh, he's right, basically. I mean, it wasn't all me, but, you know, I was there. I was there a lot, and he wasn't. Um, he was all over the uh, other day parts. I was, too. I was in other day parts as well. But uh, for a lot of the time, I was the one share at night. And, you know, that is a source of pride for me, obviously, that, you know, as me as the primary one share, we still put up a very high number and still finished first place. But I want to just say it wasn't all me, obviously. Uh, I got to obviously say props and share that with uh, Joe Murray, Sean Silver, Tim McCone, uh, Matt McCarthy, Brendan Glasheen, other guys in the past like uh, Hook and Sarge and John Hamblett and those guys who have uh, who have worked on the show and who I've worked with on the show. All great guys and uh, all, I think, really contributed a ton to uh to the ratings for that show and someone like joe he's contributed in other day parts obviously and all the great work he does um but really i think that uh that that show is um a group effort for sure and uh those guys all deserve a lot of credit for it too um behind the glass uh the backbone of the show was jeremy conley and um he's i think low-key one of the funniest guys in that whole in that whole place in that whole building um he's really funny 
and really a great guy and someone that I've uh, grown to be a friend over the years um, and someone who I also really enjoyed working with. I really enjoyed working with Jones and certainly with Jeremy too. And uh, you guys don't, I don't know if you could appreciate what goes on uh, behind the glass during a show like that. But if you ever just want to go and click on one of our old dong reports um, and just listen to the sheer amount of sound that he plays in those uh, in those dong reports, you know, it's he's really like it's like a concerto. <laughs> like, I'm serious. It's like a, he's like a maestro, you know. And the whole thing is his orchestra. And oh man, it was just fun being a part of that, and uh, and and the tremendous work that he did, not just in that, but in all these other segments, and uh, you know, all, all every night, you know, going from Patriots and all these other things, and uh, and still every night bringing it with us, keeping up with us, and how scatterbrained and ridiculous we were. I mean, Jeremy Conley's awesome, uh, and he had a lot of help too, from guys like uh, Skaz, from Jeff, Kevin Majore, Stenberg. Uh, Beaton, Hannah, George, Mason, and Kristen. Um, many of those people I just named that worked on the Sunday service uh, with me too, along with T-Bone, Tom Morgan, and Tracy Clements, all wonderful, talented people. Uh, and, of course, the regulars, all great guys to work with too, uh, Mike, Tony, Jim, and Stu, Zoe, Beetle, Hardy, and Milliken, Fred, Rich, John, Dan, Nick, and, of course, Mike. The whole thing, I got to tell you, the whole thing is still very surreal. Uh, even a week later, even a week later, it's still very hard to believe. Um, so what's next? Uh, a lot of you have asked me and I'll do get to the Q and a at the end, but, uh, I can say this patriots.com today. If you're listening on Sunday, patriots.com today. And in the future this season, I'll be on before and after the game, uh, with patriots.com. Hardy does that. I'll be filling in for him, uh, over the course of the season. I was already doing that before this all happened. So I'm free to talk about it and free to advertise about it and tell you everything else. As for what else is next for me, I am not at liberty to, uh, speak on any of that right now. Let me just say that I, um, am expecting to be back on the air soon. Uh, not right away, but pretty soon. A uh, couple weeks, I hope. Um, I can't confirm anything, but uh, in the meantime, I'll check in with the congregation Sundays. I'll be doing uh, a service podcast I'll put out here, uh, Sunday Mass. And uh, a lot of you messaged me about the Sunday show, and I figure, why not? You know, I'm not that busy. So with all that said, <laughs> um, Sunday's important to me because uh, this past Sunday's Patriots-Lions game, that was the first Patriots game that I didn't react on air to in about five years. So let me just say, nice win there. Uh, Bill Belichick owns Jared Goff, and he has for years. Doesn't matter if he's a Lion or a Ram or, you know, whatever he is. Um, The Lions' defense might be the worst I've ever seen. But the Patriots' defense did good work against a pretty erratic team. They didn't have their star running back. Uh, And that's an important thing to consider when you get to the Cleveland Browns, who they're playing uh, this week. The Browns are a 2-3 and team, just like the Patriots are. And going back to last year, it's easy to sort of think of them as pushovers because the Patriots blew them out last year. But remember, Baker Mayfield was the quarterback and Chubb didn't play in that game. And neither of those things uh, will be true in Cleveland this week. All right? Neither one of them. That win streak last year, and we said this before, that win streak last year has some holes you can poke into it, by the way, for the Patriots. That seven-game win streak kind of right in the middle of the season there. Um. Just to refresh your memory, they beat the Jets, beat them bad in Week 7, 
They beat the Chargers, which was a quality win over uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers. They beat Carolina, who did not have McCaffrey playing. They beat Cleveland, who didn't have Nick Chubb playing. They beat Atlanta, who did not have Cordero Patterson playing. And they beat Tennessee without Derrick Henry playing. That is quite a run. <laughs> I mean, that is quite a, a, a charmed little stretch there, wouldn't you say? I mean, those are the best running backs in the league, and you didn't have to deal with any of them. And rightfully so, you buried most of those teams. Chargers, real win. That was a real win against a real good team. <clears throat> well, maybe not real good team. The Chargers weren't real good last year. But they're a good, talented offense, and Justin Herbert's a stud quarterback, and you beat him, and good for you. I'll give you that one. Um, and you also beat the Buffalo Bills. It was the seventh game of the win streak. That game that was played in the very harsh conditions and the game where you only threw the ball three times. Bit of a, I don't know, bit of a <laughs> bit of a fluke maybe you could say. But Carolina, no McCaffrey. Cleveland, no Chubb. Atlanta, no Patterson. Tennessee with no Henry. I mean, my God. That was four of those seven wins. Five with the Buffalo one. And I'll give them credit for that. It was bad weather for both teams. But in those other ones, only one team had all had their best player out, who just so happens to be an all-world running back. And maybe Cordero Patterson's not an all-world running back. Those other guys are. McCaffrey is, Chubb is, Henry is. Come on. So I feel like going back and, and thinking about the Browns team you played last year is uh, is fair to do. But you're getting Chubb. <laughs> you're getting Chubb this week. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I got Chubb last week. You're getting it this week. <laughs> um, the uh, other thing is you can let Chubb get his yards and still beat Cleveland. Uh, the Falcons did it. They did it this year. Joe Flacco did it. Four touchdowns on them in week two. If Joe Flacco and Marcus Mariota can figure it out, then Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones, whoever it is, should be able to as well. And that's the other big thing this week. Uh, that has been on everyone's mind, which is who's going to get this start. Max questionable, not ruled out yet as of this recording, and I'm recording this on Saturday night. That doesn't mean they won't rule him out Sunday, and this is a podcast, so I can't be up to the minute here, but if he's 100%, I say let him play and pull him if he throws a pick. Simple as that. Let him play. If he throws an interception, he's done. If he's not 100%, or they're going to wait till Sunday and rule him out, then he's got to keep playing. Zappy's got to keep going. Um, if Zappy has another good game and they win, you have to go with Zappy next week. I'm all about the hot hand. I am a slave to the hot hand. I like Mac. I don't think this team did right by him this year either. But the hot hand is the final argument for me. In every sport, doesn't matter. Hot hand goaltender. I love Jeremy Swayman. I think he's great. But if Allmark gets the hot hand, you put Allmark in. Okay? Baseball. Jackie Bradley Jr., that one month out of the year when he had the hot hand, you put him in and you let him. He's Ken Griffey Jr. for three weeks. Um, I You squeeze every drop out of that hot hand that you can. I don't care who you're in for. I don't care who you're replacing. I don't think Zappy's going to be the next great Patriots quarterback, but I'm dubious on if Mac's going to be either. So I figure until one of them separates hot hand, simple as that, uh, team hot hand over here. What else happened? Um, oh, the Bruins 
that season started. The Bruins looked better than I thought they would. They beat uh, they beat Washington. They looked pretty good. Still not a whole lot of buzz for the boys there yet, eh? <laughs> Um, that's, uh, that, that can build. I mean, if they start winning games and it's not going to, and it, I'm not do, saying that to say that Bruins fans are front runners. I don't think they are, but I do think that this season did not have a whole lot of excitement building up for it. And it's going to be one of those years where if the excitement does sort of build, it's going to have to come through them playing well. And the Celtics, holy moly. I got to say, I don't know what's going to happen to the Celtics, but this whole thing, this whole off season, holy mother of God. It started with like it started well. It started with the Gallinari and the uh, and um, what's his name Malcolm Brogdon, and it seemed like things were going pretty well, didn't it? Now it's amazing how this team just went from finals runners up with nothing stopping them this year to the coach getting canned for too much sex. And I don't know if you've seen Jalen Brown lately. Jalen Brown has now gone full anti-vax on Twitter. And as far as I know, has not left or said anything about Don DeSports and Kanye West, who has been running around praising Adolf Hitler. Uh, the the Ime Udoka thing? Still very much a mystery that no one solved yet. I know that there was that article Thursday night, and I remember it because it was the last thing I think I commented on on the air over there. Uh, but there was that article from um, the British tabloid. I forget which one now. Uh, UK Metro or one of that. I don't know which one it was. Daily Sun, Daily Mail, one of those that named the woman and uh, you know sort of said that that was it and had all these quotes from the Ainge family. I think we had to sort of understand it now. We don't totally understand why uh, the punishment came the way it did or how that all sort of came to be when it seemed like you know he wasn't married. Um, but either way. You got one coach out, one of your star players aligning with a proud anti-Semite. Very cool. Very normal stuff. Uh, Very normal stuff there, Boston Celtics. Holy Jesus. Uh, And before I go, I did a a little Q&A on Instagram, and I wanted to respond to some of the questions that I got, and I'll respond to them right here. So uh, here they are. Um, There's a question, the most common question I got is, what's the next move? Um, I already sort of spoke on that. You can hear me on Patriots.com, but uh, as far as my next move, I can't tell you yet. Um, I will let you know as soon as I can, and I'm not expecting this to be a long, uh, a long period of me off the air, but I can't, I cannot speak on it yet. Um, keep your eyes peeled Sundays for this. I'll, I'll keep putting the podcast out. So that's the, in the inter, you know, for, for now, that's what we'll be doing. Um, I was asked, uh, do you want to go to Oyster Fest? Yes. Yes, I do. Is that this weekend? If it is, I can't go tomorrow. I can't go Sunday. Um, I probably can't go today either. I got the baby. (laughs) Um, If you could have named your child anything without any judgments or repercussions, what would you have named your baby? I would have named my baby Theodore Sarandis Arkant. Uh, Thank you for asking. Um, How are you holding up? Whatever. You don't care. What does it matter how I'm holding up, honestly? I'm fine. I'll be fine. You know, it's it's the, the, th- the whole thing. Su- losing your job sucks. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. I saw this on Twitter a little bit. It wasn't a lot of this, but I did see a little bit of it. People saying, uh, oh, Arkane lost his job, but he uh, celebrates when athletes get cut. So I don't feel bad for him. Just real quick on that. 
you don't have to feel bad for me, okay? No one has to feel bad for me. You all have your own lives and your own problems, and I'm sure you feel bad about those. You don't need to feel bad about some radio guy losing his job. I don't really care about that. But I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. I, if I am, then you go back and find a clip of me saying that, fine. I don't think you'll find that because I don't think I've ever done that. Uh, I think the only athlete I ever really celebrated getting cut was Aaron Hernandez. And I figured that was okay because of the murders, you know, but like, that's the only time I really ever think I've done that. Um, maybe I've cheered for guys getting traded, but getting traded is not the same as getting cut. Uh, I don't think I've, I've done that. I don't think I've cheered for guys uh, to get cut before. So if you, if you have an example of it or something, you want to throw it back in my face, feel free. And again, you don't have to feel bad for me losing my job. I certainly don't expect anyone to. It's not your problem. But I don't think I've ever done that. Uh, and I just wanted to clear that up. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, whose concert would you love to have gone to that you haven't seen before? Uh, Outcast. I was in college right when Outcast broke up. So I never got to see him live. I went to a lot of concerts in college. I was doing college radio, so I went to a lot of shows. And uh, I just, that was one of the groups, one of the rap groups of that era that I never got to see. I've seen most of them, but I never saw them. And uh, I think that they should be a Super Bowl halftime show. I do. I think they have enough hits that they could do it. I think uh, Rosa Parks, Way You Move, Hey Ah, Miss Jackson, right there. It's four songs. They do all four of those songs. That's the halftime show. Um, They could absolutely do that. That's not the four. That's not the songs I would do. I would want. I would want different songs. But that, those songs, four of those songs, were huge hits. Family friendly. Like they could definitely do that uh, if they wanted to. I don't think they're going to. Big Boy came out for the Atlanta Super Bowl and did a couple of bars of uh, Kryptonite, that Purple Ribbon All Star song, which I thought was pretty cool. And then Zach Levine, not Zach Levine, Adam Levine came out <laughs> and with his tattoos and. Uh, you know, did his thing and probably went back and sent some weird texts after that. Uh, let's see. If healthy, who starts for the Pats at QB? I addressed this, but uh, it's uh, Mac. If they're both healthy, one more good week out of Zappy, and it's his job. Um, you going to miss working with Jones? Covered that too. Yes, I definitely will. Um, I think he was very easy to work with. Um, oh, this is one. Uh, are you going to keep doing DJ Alexi? I don't think I can. I think that's their property now. And that's the way it goes. You know, you do some, you, the work you do for a certain station or a certain company, that's a common thing. I'm not mad at them for that. Like, that's that's the way all that stuff goes. So, DJ Lexi in the dungeon, and I can't call this the Sunday survey. You know, like, I, I can't be doing that. So, that's all I think the intellectual property of Beasley Media Group now. Um, and uh, that means no more DJ Lexi. But, you know, honestly, like... If I could be perfectly honest with everybody, I was running out of material for DJ Alexi. Like, we've been doing that for three years, three or four years, like, all the time, you know? Like, eventually, and with the dungeon, too, and sort of all these other things, like, I like to keep things moving. You know, I like having recurring characters and stuff like that, but in the summer, especially when it's one every single week, and then, you know introducing the band every Friday, that was more about, uh, you know, getting the getting the producer some some love was what I did with that but really all that all those bits were just the, they changed the imaging and we just reacted to the imaging Jones and I it was all very organic DJ Alexi the marketplace the dungeon um the freestyles on Thursday like all that stuff we uh you know we never really planned it out it all just sort of happened and uh DJ Alexi was obviously the breakout star but yeah I think that's I think that's it for DJ Alexi um yeah I might have to pack up and head back to uh Slovenia now <laughs> you can you can catch him overseas I guess um let's see what else hold on I just closed Instagram let me open it back up there 
Um, do, 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 would you consider uh, people asking me what I consider working in different places? I would consider, of course I would. I'd consider anything. I don't have a job right now. If you consider it, what am I crazy? What you think I'm not going to consider things? Of course I'm, consi- I'm considering everything. <laughs> everything. Everything is under consideration right now. Um, what is one take you wish you had gotten off at 98.5? Uh, I was on the air six days a week, most weeks. So I think I got all my takes out. I don't think there was any one take that I feel like, uh, that I feel like I couldn't say, or that I couldn't, uh, that I didn't have an opportunity to say. I had an opportunity to say plenty, uh, on those airwaves. I, I filled the air with a lot of thoughts and a lot of takes over the years. So, you know, six, I, I don't, I don't feel that way. Um, the only time I ever felt like, uh, any sort of oversight at all was, <laughs> It was February, it was me, Ted Johnson, and Sarge, and uh, it was the day the news about Robert Kraft in Florida broke. I happened to be on the air that day filling in. We were filling in for the midday show because it broke in the middle of the day. And I remember we went into the show, and the only real story that we had to go on that day, I swear to God this is true, was uh, they had just tra- the Bruins had just traded Ryan Donato for Charlie Coyle. And that was the big news of the day. <laughs> like We all got this, me and T-Bone. I think Jim Lyles was still the producer there. And we all were sitting there and talking about what are we going to talk about today. And the big driving story was uh, Ryan Donato for Charlie Coyle. That was the big story. And about, I don't know, 45 minutes into the show, this, this thing in Florida broke. And they, we obviously talked about that for the rest of the day. And that was the only time, like, I had all, I have three, I did at the time, had three bosses, and they were all pacing around outside the studio. <laughs> just, you know, how do we handle this? What do we do? I'll say that show was pretty easy for me because all I had to do was just breaking news. Now this has happened. And I'd throw to Sarge, and he would say, the police have made a statement, or, you know, Kraft uh, has made a statement, or whatever. And, uh, you know, there was all this news that kept breaking about, you know, where it was and who it was and the whole thing was this big operation and the police were trying to nail all these people and you know, it was just it was it was news was breaking, so I didn't really have a whole lot of time or opportunity to opine on the situation, which is what I guess they were worried about. It was really just, you know, here's what happened and we're following the story and we're monitoring it and all this stuff kept breaking from, you know, eleven until two o'clock when we got off the air. That, uh, you know, by the time it was over, I was like, oh, okay, guess, guess we're done here. Um, yeah, that was, uh, you know, I might have had some takes that day, I didn't say, but <laughs> other than that, other than that, it was never really, that was never really a thing uh, that I encountered or ever had to worry about. Um, another question Is Adam Jones five foot one? Uh, no, he's five foot two. <laughs> no, he's actually, he's very slender, but I think he's like five eight, maybe five nine. I don't know. Uh, he's, he's smaller than me. Um, I'm taller than him, but I'm only about six, one and change. So, uh, yeah, if that's, I've six, five, eight, maybe five, nine. Um, did you see the Facebook? Yes, I did. I did see the, uh, Facebook live show that froze. I did see that. I don't really have much of a comment on that. Um, but I did see it. Uh, who's your favorite character on trailer park boys, Arcand? Um, my favorite all around character was Leahy. Rest in peace to Leahy. My favorite of the trio is Ricky, and he's a close second behind Leahy for my favorite all time. I also love uh, J-Rock, I love Corey, and I love Sarah. Um, and Barb. I think Barb's really funny, too. I like all of them. Um, those are my favorite characters. Who is the most flatulent at 98.5? I'm not supposed to disparage the company, guys. 
uh, but Zolak. Um, all right. What else? Uh, favorite Dong Report contribution, the Dongy Awards. Uh, we did that Thursday night. Thursday night, we had the Dongy Awards. I'm very happy that that all went down, uh, that we got that in before it all went down. If you want to hear Jones and I, like, at our at our best, you know, like, I think the Dongy Awards was an uh, uh, appropriate thing to kind of go out on. You know, I feel like we I sort of rode that wave right out of the right out of the building. <laughs> like that was those Dongy Awards. That was really really fun, um, and that was a, sort of a celebration of you know all the everything that I think made doing that show fun. So I'm glad we got that in before uh, it all went down. Um, as far as the contributions on Twitter that I liked the most, uh, the guy who did the Trailer Park Boys episodes, obviously that was cool. Um, all the numbers, the presidents, um, the episodes of other shows. Um, what else? Oh, the states, um, golf rankings, uh, highest grossing movies, all that stuff. It was all fun. You know, it was all just sort of fun stuff to, to piggyback off of. My least favorite one was the board game one that had Jenga listed as a board game. I know that led to some great uh, conversation afterwards, but the fact that they had Jenga as a board game was just an abomination. Jenga, a board game. Like, what are we talking about here? Come on. And uh, that's as good a place as any to uh, end this. So I want to say um, I'll be back next weekend. Uh, I'll have another one of these out for you next weekend. The Sunday uh, Mass will continue. And if you want to hear more from me before and after this game Sunday, Patriots and Browns, head over to Patriots.com. And uh, you'll hear me pre and post game with uh, Paul Perillo and Deuce and uh, everybody, Matt Morell and the rest of the crew over there uh, in the bowels of Gillette Stadium. You'll be hearing me there for Patriots and Browns. In the meantime, keep an eye on my Twitter. I'll have more info and more stuff that I'm doing. Mass has ended. Go in peace. Goodbye. I'll uh, talk to you soon. See ya.